1: day travel, some people get
0: delirious,
1: some get (laughs) delayed, and some get (laughs) Del Griffin. American Light and Fixture, Director of Sales, Shower Curtain Ring Division. Neil Page got all three. I was on my way home to spend a nice holiday with my family. Instead,
2: I'm in a motel bed with a stranger.
1: So instead of Thanksgiving with his family, he's spending three days with the turkey. (laughs) Big clams just whistling down the road.
2: Flintstones, meet the Flintstones, and the family.
1: Paramount Pictures presents
2: Will Ma... Oh! Steve Martin. You ever
1: been to Hawaii? Yeah. You see Don Hall huh, while you were there? See the second show, that's the best one. Is that right? Yeah.
0: John Candy. Luna. Why are you holding
2: my hand? Where's your other hand? Between
0: two pillows.
2: Those are
0: pillows.
1: Welcome to Rewatchability, the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up over time. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is Robert Larone. And this week on the podcast, we are traveling together. Oh, on, on, where are we going? We're, we're going. The destination is not important. It's the it's the journey that counts. Okay, we're going on planes, we're going on trains, and uh, we might be going on uh, autobus. Wouldn't a direct flight be easier?
2: <laughs> You'd think. You'd
1: think it would. Uh, we're, of course, doing Plane, Trains, and Automobiles, uh, 1987 John Hughes film. Right. Starring Steve, Steve Martin. John Candy. And, yeah, and Kevin Bacon.
2: Yeah, that's right. Kevin Bacon <laughs> Kevin is Bacon. in this movie.
1: Kevin Bacon runs through this movie.
2: He is third build. <laughs> he, is. he gets more screen time than the wife, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. But why are we talking about Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Blaine? You know very well, Rob. I
1: think you're just setting me up to say something here.
2: <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> We're, it's because you're a communist. <laughs> no, you knew it all. That's right. I'm naming names, and the name <laughs> I'm naming is Blaine.
1: <laughs> but the trains will run on time. No, no. <laughs> okay, okay. We're, of course, doing this because it's the United States
2: Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's American Thanksgiving, that day that celebrates the uh, peaceful dinner between the Mayflower <laughs> I don't know Canada has a Thanksgiving
1: too and we we did the exact same thing they did
2: yeah but ours isn't specifically connected to like that sort of moment so like Our, like, abuses of the First Nations people are separate from Thanksgiving, so we can still enjoy our turkey.
1: (laughs) Right, right, yeah. We just can't enjoy, like, a school system. (laughs) We (laughs) We have to really question whether we send our kids to school. No, right, you're right, of course. It's the, you know— the poor Native Americans at the time and all that thing, smallpox blankets.
2: Everybody knows the story.
1: Everybody, I don't have to, we we, don't this, to. It's not like a rewatchability on we're history. Not,
2: we're not here to rehash history. <laughs> we're here to talk about planes, trains, and. Cl-
1: and clowns? Is that what you're going to say? Clowns? The last one is a clown car full of, like, 12 people. That's all Steve John Martin Candy.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: He's like, all these clowns in the Not car. Not a clown car! I mean, oh, I'm, I'm p- going to be a real dick about this, too. I'm just going to slightly look off to the side upset. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> these clowns have invited them into their space. Uh, you know, they're giving them a ride. Exactly. They're put out. Uh,
1: but we don't want the clowns to take off their shoes, because that's, <laughs> that's too much. It's too much. But before we get started with... Planes, trains, and automobiles. We want to say thank you to our Patreon supporters. Yes. Thank you very much. You're giving us a thanksgiving mm-hmm. here. You giving and we're thankful.
2: We promise not to give you smallpox blankets.
1: That's that's one thing we we promise not to do. But we also promise to be crass about history. <laughs> um, you brought it up. <laughs> Um and so I'm apologizing to everyone as well but thank you so much uh for keeping this podcast going and giving 135 dollars uh, at the $5 level you get another whole podcast uh, yeah that's much. right that's just for you mm-hmm. so no one else will ever hear that we do it just for those people that give uh, the five dollars a month which isn't much money uh, you know who you spend more on a triple mocha kappa frappa i don't drink coffee <laughs> i don't know what those <laughs> yeah things are.
2: i don't think those are real drinks so. okay yeah
1: i think i just pledged something i don't know
2: yeah five dollars isn't much though you can't even buy a pint of beer for five bucks
1: yeah right you know, even in Ontario, where buck a beer is supposed to be a thing,
2: you won't even buy us a beer <laughs> after we.
1: No, you know,
2: we offered you a ride in our podcast.
1: <laughs> Some people are just trying to get home, Rob, and they need every dollar they have. Okay, and I don't want to take money from people that can't give them money. But if you can't give them money, you can also just uh, tell a friend about the podcast. Yeah. If you if you laugh on this podcast, if you think it's worthwhile, if you like hanging out with us for an hour, invite your friends. That would be very nice.
2: For sure. And you can also support us by buying a t-shirt or writing a review. All yeah. that stuff helps.
1: Yeah. It won't help you get home for Thanksgiving no. any sooner. You're on your own, man. No, but we're going to do kind of a rundown of a movie that might help you get there. That might help you. Uh, they made the mistake, so you don't have to. Well, you can at
2: least listen to to it well to distract yourself from the fact that you're not going to get home on time for Thanksgiving like when your <laughs> flight is canceled when you're
1: sleeping on the floor of an airport
2: or when you're like cuddled up to like a large man <laughs> a stranger I mean if you're cuddled up to a large man and that's you know that's cool but. yeah
1: I put on a podcast when I was sleeping in an airport just to did just you? to try to get back to sleep
2: was it the terminal <laughs> no <laughs> did I do an episode <laughs> of the terminal
1: no no, no, I don't think that, no but there, there was a, he was vacuum cleaning the floor of the airport and he came over and vacuum cleaned near me in the middle of the night I was like come on what man an asshole I was Steve Martin for one second I was like come on what are you doing <laughs> your job here <laughs> Jesus can't I
2: was- you fucking see I'm fucking trying to listen to a fucking podcast <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so, let's get down and, and talk about Trains Plans. When did you first see this movie, Rob?
2: I'm not sure. I have always been a John Candy fan. Okay. I think that when I was young, maybe like a little bit chubbier, I sort of identified with John <laughs> were Candy. You, were you a, a bigger kid? Is that... I was sure I was going to grow up to be a fat, funny man. <laughs> and now I'm none of those things. Yeah,
1: yeah you, you, you really went the opposite direction on that. <laughs>
2: I, I yeah, I loved him. I loved everything that he did. Like, Uncle Buck was oh, man. so good. And
1: we got to do that sometime in the new year or something. For like that. sure. And yeah. he
2: also, of course, has a part in Home Alone. Mm. You know, possibly, I think he might be playing the same guy.
1: In <laughs> you know? The John
2: Hughes-averse? Yeah. yeah, he, He's in a lot of John Hughes's movies. Basically, all of his movies that aren't about sexually exploiting teenage women are... John Candy movies (laughs) right
1: John Candy will only do nice scripts that's nice yeah that's right that's
2: good they wanted to get him like one of the ones where he like looks at some girl changing without her invasion privacy but he was like uh, I don't know I'd rather just uh, be a nice guy I'd rather be be
1: wholesome yeah and all the reports of John Candy uh, are just that he was the nicest man yeah, yeah. He was a very wholesome guy. Like, even the people that would turn blue in their comedy, he would kind of be like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. he didn't really go that direction.
2: Yeah, that's right. And yeah. he's also like a good Canadian boy. Yeah. Saw him on SCTV. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I love John Candy. And this movie, I also like Steve Martin, don't get me wrong. But this movie I saw, I don't remember when I saw it for the first time. It's just sort of always been there. Um, just like seeing Steve Martin sort of grumpily slumped down beside John Candy. Smiling and, you know, yeah. it's a, you know, it's a comforting memory. Right, right. Did you watch it around the holidays? Was it a holiday movie for you? I know because, I mean, also, like, yeah, it's like American Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I honestly don't go home for Thanksgiving. I don't really do anything for Thanksgiving.
1: Because it's an American Thanksgiving movie, it always seemed a little bit like a Christmas movie for me. Right, yeah, like, that's the, right. Because there's snow.
2: It's closer to Christmas. Yeah. But I understand, like, getting—trying to make it home for Christmas— they right. made TV movies about that. Yeah, but for Thanksgiving, JTT. I'm like, you can skip it. <laughs> it's just turkey. You're gonna have turkey in another month, and yeah. especially because American Thanksgiving is closer to Christmas than Canadian Thanksgiving, you're definitely gonna have turkey like in fucking next week.
1: <laughs> you're gonna have. You're gonna still be eating leftover turkey from Thanksgiving when you cook a new turkey. Probably
2: those poor turkeys. They have like, unless it's like the one in you know Christmas Vacation. Oh yeah, they're not eating that. Another John Hughes classic. Oh, yeah,
1: it was John Hughes, too. Yeah. It's crazy. He owned the holidays, eh?
2: He just owned the 80s. Yeah, it's true. He, I mean, he did not leave room for anybody else, apparently, (laughs) to make movies. Well, because he was writing so fast.
1: Apparently, he wrote this movie in six days.
2: Yeah. The first 50 pages in six hours. Yeah. He must have been, like... On a lot of coke.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I also think that everyone's really impressed with him making, like, a script in in six days. And then he's like, yeah, but I did, like, 20 to 30 to 40 revisions on that. I was like, that sounds about right. Like, if you do a script in six days, you're probably revising, like, 40 times.
2: Well, but also, I think with his movies, like, with Ferris Bueller as well, I think there's always, like, rumors of, like, an extended cut. So it seems like he just wrote a lot of shit that didn't get into the movie anyway. The, the
1: original cut was three hours and 40 minutes for this 90-minute movie.
2: I mean, like, don't they say that most movies are made in the editing room?
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, it seems like... That's like the third place you tell a story. Yeah. Or, the like second. But, yeah, I think, like, that they probably find a lot of comedy in the editing. And the whole ending, which we'll get to, was changed. Oh. There was a kind of creepier ending to this movie... Which we'll
2: get to in the second half oh, of our uh, okay. of our podcast. So all s- right. stay tuned for that. What about you, Blaine? When did you first see Planes, Trains, and Automobiles?
1: It was uh, one of those late entries into my movie watching career. I guess yeah. watchability is a career. Yeah, it forces me to watch a lot of movies.
2: Eighteen years. Let's look at his stats. We got two fifty four over four eighty one, two ninety one by two ninety two. He was the champion in ninety one. <laughs> wow, that was really that's good. I like that. Yeah, I can't do sports. I don't know sports stats at all. You won the Roger Ebert Trophy. Oh, yeah,
1: but that was like four stars in three weeks at the film. I don't know. No, I don't no, know. I, I can't do That's that. a joke. <laughs> um, I, I watched this because uh, someone told me to. Someone was like, You got to see this movie. It's very, very funny. Really? And I skipped over it. I never really saw it when I was a kid. So, I'd wait, seen maybe snippets of it. Paint me a picture. How old are you, Blaine? Paint you a picture. I probably was in my 20s. Okay. And so,
2: were you living on your own? You weren't was, living at home anymore? No,
1: I was living with roommates.
2: Did you go home for Thanksgiving? Do you visit I do. a lot? Yeah.
1: You're really pulling a story out of this. I like it. You're and like a great interviewer right now. Have you ever... If I cry at the end of this, Barbara Walters is going to be That's what upset. I'm going for. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I used to go home. I used to take the
2: bus home. Do you ever got, like sat next to like a big John Candy motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always worried. John Candy's not my go-to, but whenever I fly, I'm worried I'm going to be stuck next to like two John Goodmans. <laughs>
1: John Goodman, I wish. Yeah, I know. He's yeah. great.
2: He's the other, like, you know, like, travel guy. I feel like he's been in some travel movies, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Anyway. Or,
1: like, stopping people, people from traveling, like in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yep. Also oh, true. Yeah. Also true. But, no, I, no, I'm the guy that tries to, like, spread out a little bit because I don't want to sit next to anyone. Like, if there's another spot on the bus, you can take it. You know, not yeah. assigned seats. So, my friend would always get a uh, tuna sub. And he would like open it when he first sat down on the on the bus, so that no one would want to sit next to him. Does and, he uh, eat the sub? Yeah, Ugh. yeah. And I, I, I did that once. I'm ashamed to admit I did that once. Really? It was on a bus back from like Vancouver, though, so it was a long. I just wanted to sleep. Anyway, yeah. So I, I go wow. home. I know I'm a bus jerk. Confessions. I well, I was the Steve Martin. I was like the guy who was like, I don't want to talk to anyone. Uh. want to get home and get this over with meh but you talk to some nice people sometimes on the buses and you talk to some really sad people sometimes on the bus
2: are you like a bus talker yeah
1: i like to talk to people oh
2: my god you must be (laughs) so insufferable
1: no i mean i don't uh, i'll talk to people if they start the conversation I'll, i'll continue it but i don't i'm not one of those people that are like if they stop the conversation i keep on i keep on going Do you want to
2: talk now? I feel like I am stuck (laughs) on a bus with you that's been traveling for seven years. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. It's an hour-long
1: ride every week. When are we we going to get to Chicago? (laughs) We're never going to get to Chicago. We're never going to get to Chicago. So I I watched it. I thought it was not great. I didn't like this movie when I saw it in my 20s. I thought it was overhyped. I thought that the comedy, there was some, but I was like, it's kind of like not... Like okay with itself. It's a little homophobic here and there. It's you know, here even there. Even the even the biggest joke is like them two being. Two pillows. Like, yeah, two pillows. Like, oh my hand touched another man, that's horrible and so I I didn't like it when I was in my twenties. Which is surprising because I, I've turned around on it now. Really? I, I, well not surprising because it's a very good movie and I think a lot of people admit that. So okay why don't you run down the plot of the planes and the trains and the automobiles?
2: Okay. So it starts with Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. He is a marketing or advertising something or other. He is yeah. sitting in his boss's boardroom while his boss, like, slowly deliberates over three basically identical photos. Yeah.
1: I think Glenn Griswold is in the room, too. Like, it's <laughs> it's very similar to the start of Christmas Vacation.
2: Every John Hughes protagonist has the same boss. <laughs> yeah. And this guy... Steve Martin, he's going to be catching a plane. We see he has his plane ticket. He's sort of like, mouse, I'm catching a plane. Yeah. To the other person. And the boss is just, you know, going, hmm, <laughs> hmm. And uh, he can't decide. So he's running late. Yeah. And then he tries to catch a cab. Who the fuck takes his cab? Kevin fucking Bacon. Yeah. Well, like foot loose and fancy free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then
1: uh, he tries to, well, he tries to get another cab before that, and John Candy takes a cab, but we don't see it. We just see his trunk.
2: Yeah, that's right. Excuse me. I know this is your cab, but I'm desperately late for a plane, and I was wondering if I could appeal to your good nature and ask you to let me have it. I don't have a good nature. Excuse me. Come on! Could I offer you $10 for it? Huh.
1: $20. i will give you $20 for it. I'll take $50. All right.
2: All right. Anyone who'd pay $50 for a cab...
1: Certainly, pay seventy-five. Not necessarily. All right,
2: seventy-five. You're a thief. Close. I'm an attorney. I yeah. mean, I don't think that Steve, Steve Martin, I think, is already going about this the wrong way. Yeah. He's like running for cabs that are like across the street and like chasing after cars, and you know, just get on the
1: subway. It goes to the. It ugh, goes no. To the, <laughs> ugh. That was the airport. <laughs> Why would I do that? I'm in Ooh. a suit. I don't drive the streetcar like a pleb.
2: This is also 80s New York, you know. Yeah,
1: so the streetcar is dangerous, or the Probably. subway. Yeah.
2: They have, like, those, like, angel dudes. Remember, like... The Hell's Angels? No, no, no. There was, like, for a while, there was, like, this vigilante group that uh, rode the subways to make them safer, and they wore, like, berets and tight shirts and suspenders. Really? Yeah. Wow. But... Yeah, he, he, he's having trouble getting to the airport. He finally gets to the airport, and who the fuck does he see sitting across from him reading Canadian Mounted? Great book, When the Giller. <laughs> yeah, it
1: has probably less sex in it than a normal Canadian lit novel. That's so. fair sex, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> he is The Guy Who Stole His Fucking Cab.
1: Yeah, John Candy with a mustache.
2: Yeah, and they have like a little exchange. He's like, do I know you from somewhere? And Steve C- yeah, C- Martin's right. like, you know, yeah, you took my fucking cab.
1: Yeah, have you, like, cabs aren't a thing. Has anyone stolen your Uber? Is that-
2: I don't take Uber. <laughs> I don't, I hitchhike.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no wire. No one's put a thumb out before you and got in your car.
2: <laughs>
1: no, it's not like it is in New York here.
2: No, we're not like, we don't have a cab culture. That's why when they had that show Cash Cab, there was a Toronto version, it sucked. Yeah. The New York version was so good because they would be like, yeah, we're taking you everywhere. This is taxi culture. You know, hey, (laughs) hey, talking to me, I'm walking here. We're we're
1: driving a cab here. New Yorkism, (laughs)
2: hey. I give you $100. Hey, we're Cash Cab. (laughs) But on the Toronto Cash Cab, it was like, there's like, only, like, six blocks that you can really take a cab in. Yeah. Like, he's
1: like, hey, uh, you can kind of see the CN Tower from here. So, uh, okay. Want to yeah. h- answer some questions?
2: Like like $100. Here's Here's two nickels.
1: You well, you almost got that question right. So uh, it's a
2: question about the big nickel.
1: So we'll we'll give you some some money for almost getting it right.
2: Use the Canadian Tire money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There
1: was a bar in, in outside this, out on the outskirts of my town that I grew up in that accepted Canadian Tire money for really? for beer. Yeah. Could you dance?
2: <laughs> but so he there. On this plane, they're on this flight, Mm -hmm. and it's going to Chicago, where Steve Martin lives. I don't know why he's in New York. I guess I don't know if he works there all the time, or whether he just had to present to his boss. He's probably picking up more shower curtain rings. Probably. Yeah. Probably. But he gets seated next to this guy, you know, after not getting a first place seat. Yeah. And then the plane gets sort of turned, diverted to Wichita.
1: Yeah, and so this is, ba- this is based off of John Hughes's own experience. When he was working in New York trying to get home in Chicago, it got, like, rerouted to Phoenix. And so it took him five days to get home for what should have been a three-hour flight. Wow. Yeah, so this is kind of—that's why he wrote it so quickly, it's just based off his own experience.
2: Which character do you think he was?
1: Oh, he was totally—he was entirely a meaner version of Steve Martin in this <laughs> movie. I'm sure he was not a nice guy.
2: Where does the John Candy character come from, then?
1: I don't know. I feel like you need a foil to to bounce off the, the, like, you know, quote-unquote straight man of this. He's just like, I wish John Candy was here. (laughs) The entire time. He's like, I wish I had, like, a friend that was insufferable but would, uh, you know, make me like him at the end of this. Yeah. Be
2: nice. (laughs) You know, worm his way into my heart. Yeah. Wear me down.
1: (laughs) And at the—it's just just catastrophe after catastrophe because at the— airport there are no other planes going he needs to get a hotel for the night and there's no hotels that are booked but john candy has a friend that he sold shower curtain rings to he
2: knows a guy yeah you know because he's like a very like worldly salt of the earth fella Mm -hmm. makes friends easily talks to anybody you know he's a good guy so so he says if you pay for the cab then uh i'll make sure you get a room Mm -hmm. and the cab is crazy yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, the cab is great. Yeah, all the like every time that Steve Martin get tainted, taken advantage of, he does uh, this cab is going through the uh, you know, the city instead of the highway. It's great.
2: Yeah. I just thought you'd like to see the town.
1: Yeah, and cabs like even the cabs here they've they've done that to me uh thinking that I've I'm from out of town and stuff.
2: You do have the look of a rube to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 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 my red nose. I, and, just,
2: I just want to rip you off. I don't know why. And
1: my tattered wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> Sewing money into my coat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah.
2: But so, yeah, I mean, they stay in the hotel room. But there is no, I mean, there is not enough rooms. There's only one room. So they end up having to stay together. And this is... A little bit awkward. Because, <laughs> because there's one bed. There's one bed. They don't just have to share a room. They've got to share a bed. And they, like, they walk in. They sort of look at the bed. Steve Martin looks at the bed. And John Candy looks at the bed. And Steve Martin looks at the bed. And then uh, John Candy's like, uh, you want to take a shower? <laughs> right. Not together, Rob. No, no, yeah. Uh, Nothing wrong with taking a shower, though. I mean, you do it at the gym all the time with another dude yeah do you, yeah
1: yes, or just to- don't water share at a home. stream though
2: right you know, conserve water <laughs> um, yeah, i mean they're like yeah. totally like uh i, I love the like, uncomfortable with any sort of like yeah. you know notion that they might you know touch each other or oh, know, I know.
1: And the uh, it's it's great, too, the, the direction of the scene because he goes right in for a close-up of John Candy looking at Steve Martin when he looks over. So it's like he's already so close to the screen. So you get that like, oh, this is how we're going to be sleeping together. Great. Like mm-hmm. you're going to be right here all night. Awesome. And then the beer explodes in the bed and he has to sleep in the in the soaked beer spot. Yeah, that's
2: right. But, you know, give it to him They don't do like the, the head to foot sort of way, you know.
1: No, no, they don't. (laughs) I remember that. Top and tail.
2: Top and tail? Is that what you guys called it?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's the sex act, right?
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, we haven't done that one. (laughs) Haven't done any. (laughs) Incel. Nope. Nope. (laughs)
1: Hopefully not.
2: I did a sex once. (laughs)
1: Okay, good. As long as you did a sex once, then you're fine. I remember, like, sleeping with, like, my cousins are like, you know, you'd visit a, a family friend that has a lot of kids. And they'd be yeah. like, oh, you're going to sleep Top and Tail in this bed. Which I never really got. Yeah. Because the – Genitals
2: aligned The still. genitals are still
1: aligned. They're still <laughs> right next to each other.
2: You're, like, two inches from a 69. <laughs> <laughs> and and instead of like getting
1: someone's like face, which you're used to looking at, it's yeah. a thing that like I can I know my friends because I know their face. You have to look at their bare feet as they're like next to you in bed.
2: Some people like that. So,
1: some people want to cut foot loose. Yeah, you know? yeah.
2: But not I'm not. That's not my. I don't like that. Yeah. But also while they are sleeping, they get robbed. Some guy like slips in and steals a whole bunch of money. So like later after. I mean, they have the scene where they're sleeping too close, and then John Candy kisses him on the ear, and he's like, why'd you kiss me on the ear? Yeah, he's like, why are are you holding my my hand? hand. Yeah, and then the pillows moment. And then he's like, where is your other hand? And he's like, well, it is between your bum cheeks.
1: (laughs) I am uh, searching you as a member of the TSA. (laughs) You Uh, consented to this. (laughs) When you became an American citizen. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure my money's up here somewhere. Let me just try (laughs) to find it. Yeah, so they're awkward. They talk about the bears.
2: Well, they they have to like cleanse themselves of any homosexuality that they might have caught by talking about sports.
1: Yeah, well, and that's crazy too because if you're homosexual, you you don't like sports.
2: That's it's absolutely true. Yeah, it is a known fact. We don't know <laughs> why.
1: It's a weird thing that uh, you can you can really peg a whole. Group of people from diverse backgrounds, <laughs> religions, Absolutely and creeds. You can. Uh with with one thing. It's really cool. Um, yeah. So uh so anyway, that scene happened. And then they're in the diner and they find out that they have no uh no money. Yeah. Uh, they've been robbed. That's right. Which is, which is too bad.
2: It's a terrible it's terrible that the word rob has been associated with this heinous act. You steal stuff from me all the time. Yeah, but I have more heinous acts that we could name after me. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What?
1: You know goddamn well what. I'm sorry, I don't.
2: I had over $700 in here. I didn't touch your dough, Neil. a lot of things, but I'm not a thief. You went into my stuff last night, right? I didn't take your money. And I don't care for the accusation. Well, I had over $700
1: in here, and you went into my wallet for pizza. Just maybe when you went into it, you had to
2: take... Count it! Oh, like you keep it in there if you stole There's $263 in there. There's a dollar more. Then you can call me a thief. Just count it.
1: Count it. 263, right? Empty. What? Yeah. I'm I'm trying to come up with some and all I can come up with are like the worst things ever. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. It's, it's
2: awful. Just heinous, just Just you know. he- heinous Think is fine. Think about it but not too hard. <laughs> but Rob's done it. Whatever you're thinking about. It it's mostly involves making dalmatians in the coats. Don't worry.
1: Oh my god. Oh no, 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 no. That's that's worse than what I was thinking about. Not
2: live dalmatians.
1: <laughs> just 101 dead dalmatians. Yeah. That was the sequel, right? <laughs> <laughs> god. God, dark, dark here. Uh, So they're just trying to get home. The character of John Candy is really insufferable, but also really likable at the same time. Yeah. And John Candy is the perfect actor to pull that off. I think he does such a good job of towing the line between really annoying, but also someone that you can understand, someone that's just trying to be nice to you. For sure. And he goes over the top trying to be nice to you, but he's just trying, and you can't, kind of can't fault the person for trying, but like... God, do you want to?
2: Yeah. Well, he doesn't have any sort of malice. Like, he doesn't seem to have, like, a bad bone in his body. He really does seem to think the best of people and will go out of his way to, you know, accommodate people. Yeah. Even though he does seem to be, like, not very self-aware of how fucking irritating he is. Yeah, but
1: it also—it speaks to his loneliness and being on the road so long and yeah. all that stuff. and
2: tough. we, like, hear a bit about his life. Like, he has a wife— uh, and he's also trying to get home and he puts her picture on the nightstand while right. they're sleeping. Yeah. You know, so we, we it's already like painted him as like a like a big, soft teddy bear. Yeah. You know, just one that like snores and spills beer and, you know, smokes in the bed. And Yeah.
1: Um, oh, and they have that great scene, that heartbreaking scene where he's like, well, you don't have to like me because I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. It's just this heartbreaking scene of this guy that's just like, I'm going to say this so I believe it.
2: Yeah. Well, he, Steve Martin blows up in the hotel. That's when that is, right?
1: Yeah. That great, It was another great monologue of him just being like, no one wants to speak with you. I would sit through an insurance conference. People would be like, how can you take this? I'd be like, I spoke to John Candy. So <laughs> John Candy's character. Yeah.
2: Dell Griffith.
1: Del Griffith. Yeah. So there's lots of good speeches in that little little tract of the movie.
2: Yeah. Then they get on a train. Mm-hmm. We took through the strange parts, but first they ha- they have to get driven there by this like hick, <laughs> yeah, who's like yeah. spitting tobacco juice and his like uh, yeah. pregnant wife. Yeah, get He's out just, of like, the car! Don't make them carry that. Get out. She's only nine months pregnant.
1: <laughs> yeah, the baby came out sideways. She didn't scream. <laughs> oh man, that's such a great. She's
2: fine. She's short and skinny. <laughs>
1: It's such great delivery by both those those bit character actors. Yeah, great.
2: that guy was a frequent guest on The Good Wife.
1: Oh, interesting. He played
2: like this psychopath who, like you know, nice. you know played like this very arch game of cat and mouse with what's her name.
1: Good, yeah. He, he has he has a look for it. That'd yeah, be cool. Yeah,
2: yeah. And so then they get on this train.
1: Yeah, they finally make it to the train after being in the back of this truck with a the dog. They're all frozen. This movie is very naturalistic in its comedy for the most part. Mm-hmm. And there are little bits that seem like, I don't know, like they're from a Fairly' Brothers movie. Like, yeah. it's really weird because there's a lot of comedy just coming from like Steve Martin and John Candy looking at the bed and being like, oh, OK, well, uh, we're going to put our hat here and look at the bed again. But then there's like the dog frozen still snarling at them, which is very funny, but almost doesn't seem like it belongs in this movie.
2: Mm. I don't know animal what do you... cruelty. Come on, <laughs> I'm yeah. willing to see Steve Martin and John Candy freeze to death, but not a yeah. poor puppers.
1: <laughs> well, we'll see more of them right after this break.
0: Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.
1: Welcome back to Rewatchability. I'm Blaine. Joined by... Are we on the automobiles yet? We're on the trains part. They're uh. on the train. Rob, it's all right. We're getting there.
2: Maybe we should just go our own way. You know, <laughs> maybe we'd be better off if you went your way and I went mine.
1: You're gonna start your music podcast, aren't you? <laughs> you son of a bitch! I'll just do this alone. No one will listen. Well,
2: it just seems like it we get farther. You know, I want to hold you back. That's a heartbreaking scene too. It's kind of after the train. Well, like all this movie is is like misadventure after misadventure. They got on a train, the trains not going all the way. They got on a bus. The bus breaks down. They get on a they get in a car. The car catches on fire and all along the way is Steve Martin trying to like Tamp down his like rage, yeah. and John Candy getting increasingly more insufferable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, but, being a nice guy.
1: Yeah, but uh, in the Roger Ebert review, he pointed out something really great where the odd coupleness of it didn't just evolve into two men screaming at each other like The Odd Couple Two did, <laughs> which is what he said in the review. And I was, and that's The Odd Couple Two. Yeah, I know that movie. will never come back from that burn. I think that. It takes a, a good writer to do that, and good actors to pull it off. Where they aren't just yelling at each other the entire time; that's they true. they are playing their character and trying so hard not to yell at each other. And I think that's where the comedy comes from in this movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, one interesting thing, like apparently, originally this movie wasn't just like, "Hey, let's get Steve Martin home for Thanksgiving." Originally, John Hughes' idea was. Hey, John Candy's going to help Steve Martin get home so that John Candy can invite him into his house and suck his blood because he's a vampire. Oh, really? Yeah. What? He was a vampire, apparently. I read this in the IMDb trivia. It has never steered me wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, that has to be true. Because they fact-checked
2: that, right? He was a vampire? Yeah. That's right, I can't even like imagine like Steve Martin signing on to that movie. It's like, okay, so I'm in this. I'm going to be a vampire. Is this like a vampire who does art criticism or <laughs> um, buys expensive things from shops?
1: Did you see that Steve Colbert one where he he has Steve Martin tell him what he thinks of paintings? And, like, who did the paintings? No. And then he's like, oh, I don't know this this painter, but I love it. I think it's got great lines. I really like it. And he's like, well, this painting was done by Hitler. <laughs> he, like, tricked him <laughs> into painting. <and, like, laughs> I thought that was so funny. It seemed almost like a Tom Green thing to do to someone. <laughs> like, yeah. It was very <laughs> out of character. It wasn't was really f- painted by Hitler, though, right? Yeah, no, because he's a, he was an artist before he was—he uh, wasn't very good. Though. A monster. He's
2: no George W. Bush. No,
1: <laughs> no. Who was a monster before he was an artist? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. Those some are weird. people
2: go one way, some people yeah. go the other. Yeah.
1: So he actually signed on to this movie because of two scenes. One, the car scene with John Candy using the the uh, power uh, seating. Right. And then the other scene was the saying fucking tw- uh, 20 times in in one minute scene.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Steve Martin's trying to get a, a rental car. Yeah. Well,
2: he's gotten a rental car, and he's been driven out to the parking lot, and he right. goes to the space where his car is supposed to be, and it's gone. Mm-hmm. And then the bus takes off. So he, like, freaks the fuck out. <laughs> he, like, swears at the world, tears up his ticket, throws it away. And then, like, you know, makes his way back to the uh, customer service desk. And it's the secretary from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Just a moment. Edie McClurg. Yeah, she's great. And he fucking, yeah, he really lets go on her. Yeah. And...
1: Uh, <laughs> can I help you? You can wipe that fucking smile from your fucking face. Yeah, he's the meanest person in that scene.
2: Yeah, uh, though it, it sort of... She gets the last laugh because uh, he doesn't get a car and she says, You're fucked. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Welcome to Marathon, may I help you? Yes. How oh, may I help you?
2: You can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks.
0: Then you can give me a fucking automobile, a fucking Datsun, a fucking Toyota, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, four fucking wheels and a seat. I really don't care for the way you're speaking
2: to me. But, like, never did I want to see Steve Martin fail more than at that moment. Yeah, well, because
1: it's so, so heightened. It's so, he's so cruel.
0: You
2: know, frankly, I think it's better if he doesn't get home for Thanksgiving. Maybe his family can enjoy a Thanksgiving for once instead of him ruining it every time.
1: It is weird that his family wants him back because he's kind of the insufferable one. He seems
2: like a rageaholic.
1: He seems like an asshole. He is an asshole. He swears all the time. He doesn't have fun with anyone no. doing anything. No, I would not want him to be my dad. Yeah, I would want Dell. And the
2: character Steve Martin plays is also like that. <laughs> I do love Steve Martin, though. I like I, him. I have a real soft spot for Steve. It's Martin. It's hard because he's just—he's so ins- I mean, he's insufferable now. He's like very pretentious. He's not very funny. I'm glad that he's you know having fun with his banjo thing. But like everybody's sort of like. You know, grinning and being like, Yeah, we like when you talk about banjos and fine art. Hey, maybe you could put this arrow through your head. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, give us what we want, Stevie baby. <laughs> yeah, I
1: did you read his um his autobiography? Born uh, Standing Up? Yeah. I loved that. It I thought was it was very so good. funny.
2: Yeah, but it's also heartbreaking because it, he just seemed to have said that he was done with it and he didn't want to make people laugh anymore, ever. I just wanted to make them feel bad and think.
1: Well, he did that with L.A. Story, so. <laughs> and this was kind of one of his, Parenthood was the first one that he really wanted to, like, like feel like he was a serious actor. But I think he was already doing it, you know? Like, this this movie, he's really serious in it. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see that he has the acting chops in this movie. He, he can be reserved. He cannot be, like, the guy that had to be so big because there was 15,000 people watching him in a stadium. Mm-hmm. Like, he does some subtle things that are
2: really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we didn't talk much about his family because they're barely in the movie. <laughs> but one of them is Matthew Lawrence, little Maddie Lawrence. Yeah. So you yeah. Don't recognize that kid anywhere?
1: Yeah, he's around.
2: And his mom, ma- the mom, I don't know who she is, but she just doesn't do anything in this movie.
1: And it's weird. No. Well, she's she like has to feel alone in a bed. Yeah. So that's that's good acting, good direction there. And then uh, she also cries when she hugs him when he's back. That's and I was true. like you haven't gone through anything.
2: You haven't gone through shit.
1: You've just been at home waiting for this guy to, like, my wife had been on a big trip and she finally made it home and she had been this whole thing. I've been like, oh, I'm glad you're home. But, you know, I feel like if I was away and I had gone through all of this, like, I would be the one more likely to cry in this situation because I'd been through so yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. But she's just at home. you're a big
2: crier and there's nothing wrong with that. I am a big crier. I do like. You want to take a minute? No. It's We're just, back. It's just you brought it up so
1: fast and all right. Okay, let's do it. They don't cry in this movie.
2: They could use a good cry.
1: They could use a good cry. Yeah, um, but they're they're like they're like they're kind of trying to be macho men, so they don't cry.
2: On almost every like sort of length of their journey, like they're almost about to go their separate ways, and either Steve Martin feels bad for John Candy and is like, oh, "Okay, I'll yeah. be your friend," or they sort of get stuck together. Like there's the point where they say goodbye after he uh gets to some city or whatever and then steve martin like gets in some sort of confrontation with a taxi driver and gets like knocked out yeah 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 and then john candy he gets picked has up to, by his balls yeah yeah then john candy saves the day ish
1: yeah, well, it's it's like when Harry met Sally. It's like any other rom com where this is the meet cute again and again and again, and you have to find the reason to bring keep on bringing them back together. But that's the fun of the movie. That's the game of this of this film. Is yeah. why aren't they leaving the room
2: to see love or basic tolerance of each other
1: <sighs> bloom? Well, it's a it's a romance. It's. Yeah, it's an "I love you, man." It's one of those movies.
2: It sort of is. Yeah, I mean, I don't. They don't really like each other at all. They no. do have like a moment once they get to the second hotel room, the one with two beds. Yeah, and they're sort of having like a fun time. And they share a
1: bed anyway, just because they're such good friends.
2: They're drinking from the <laughs> mini bottle, mini bar. Yeah,
1: yeah that's fun because they also just are like fooling around. And yeah,
2: Steve Martin's like, "This is like this, I haven't felt this good since." College just feels like the don't or summer, summer camp, camp yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. When you're just like really giggly with a friend at like a sleepover, yeah. and you watch a movie when you're younger yeah. and then bring it up again and again and again on a podcast yeah. when you're older, yeah. yeah, it's fun, yeah. So the car scene lasts a long time, it's a long time in this movie. They're like driving at night scene.
2: Yeah. trying to get the seat comfortable. Oh yeah, the messing around scene.
1: Yeah, and like and him trying to take his jacket off and then spinning yeah. out on the road.
2: Steve Martin is asleep. Yeah. And yeah, so John Candy is driving and he's listening to that Ray Charles song and yeah. he's a fucking driving like a maniac. And he doesn't realize that he's on the wrong side of the road. Well, it's
1: a long—because it goes on forever. It's like, well, he spins out, and Steve Martin wakes up, and then they go back onto the wrong side of the road, and Steve Martin goes back to sleep. And then someone's like, hey, you're on the
2: wrong side. Of, you're going, going the wrong the way. You're going the wrong way. And and just, like, How do they know where we're going? <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> funny. yeah, there's so many parts that just Thank made me you. laugh out loud. I love
2: like John Candy's like uh, drinking mime.
1: Yeah, the sign. Oh, <laughs> they've been drinking. Um, it's great. But then, when they go through the two transport trucks, and they scream and turn into skeletons, that's it's that's fu- we- <laughs> it's funny. But it's also one of those weird things where I'm like, that doesn't feel like this movie. Yeah, but it makes me laugh a lot.
2: And it- when like John Candy turns into the devil, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. is some Barton Fink shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty funny. I mean, it says all you need to to know about yeah. their, their relationship well, with that I mean, one moment. But- I
2: feel like John. Hughes tries to get away with some of that like larger than life sort of stuff. Like that cab is larger than life. Some of the characters are larger than life. Like that particular incident, you know, it could happen if Mm -hmm. you're an idiot, but it it is also larger than life. Like they manage to get through these two transports that are driving side by side, probably because they're best friends. (laughs) And then you know their car seems scraped up, and John Kane is like, oh, they'll be able to buff that out. And then it like. On fire. Yeah.
1: And a really great turn in the movie is when Steve Martin finally thinks that John Candy got like got his, like got served. He's like, "You finally did it to yourself. Like you rented this car and you blew it up and you finally did it to yourself." He's like, "I used your credit card." And it's just such a great crystallized moment of no, you're never going to win. You're never going to win this yeah. movie. You can't. That's your character. You're yeah. always going to be stuck there.
2: But I thought that was confusing because like, they switched credit cards at the first at the diner, hotel. diner, yeah. Or, yeah. And then, like, Steve Martin's still buying shit, like train tickets and everything throughout the whole movie.
1: Yeah, but he's using the other guy's credit card.
2: Yeah, you didn't notice?
1: No, because it's the same credit card. I don't look at my name on my credit card every time I, like, pay for something. I just know what my credit card looks like.
2: They didn't have the same credit card. It just looked the same. It no, weird. Oh, okay, okay. I don't
1: know. If you have a credit
2: card, call in and tell us how credit cards work.
1: <laughs> call in and just give us your credit card number, okay? Because we just... Don't
2: forget those three digits on the back. Because, uh, you know, we're going to be flying to Chicago. And we don't want anything to happen. You know.
1: <laughs> don't do that. Don't do it. So they kind of pull into a hotel that night, have that nice thing. But then the next day, after they ruin their hotel room by reversing into it and not paying... For it, they would blast off onto the highway.
2: Well, they didn't leave a credit card. They paid with seventeen dollars and a wristwatch. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. They can't. Gotta, they can't be. Uh, the wristwatch was more expensive than the room. Got to get your money's worth.
1: <laughs> the wristwatch is just like engraved with his address. Like, damn it! <laughs> How they found us? His
2: credit card number, include those three digits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. This will change, but I want it immortalized. But they get pulled over by a cop. Uh, the guy from. Spinal Tap, Michael, yeah, Michael McKean. Yeah, Michael McKean. Yeah. It's very funny.
2: Yeah. He still like, gets like fourth billing even though he has like 90 seconds a movie. Yeah, he, like, does, he does
1: such little.
2: Why does Squiggy get so much credit? Was he Squiggy or Lenny? I don't know. Hmm. You I need know, to watch that, know that again. you Lenny and Squiggy? No. So there was, a, there was a show called Laverne and Shirley. Oh, yeah, okay. And uh, that was a spinoff of Happy Days. Yeah, yeah. All right. Michael McKean was on that with the squig tones. <laughs> Lenny and the squig tones. Oh, God.
1: That sounds uh, like top notch.
2: I watched an episode where, like, the squig tones were playing. Yeah. And it was, like, pretty bopping. All right. Yeah. Sweet, sweet.
1: But he just says that their car has to be impounded. Yeah. And so... Uh... Good turn from
2: Better Call Saul's Michael McKean. <laughs> he's yeah. very grave, you know. He's, like, you know.
1: Sure, yeah. It he's, would be dangerous. He's, like, a Phil Hartman-esque... You know, stopping the car and being very, very stern. They kind of go the separate ways from there because they can get a train from the, from this, uh, from that station, right, into town.
2: Well, yeah, they eventually get into town. They're sort of at the subway platform, and John Candy and Steve Martin are sort of saying their goodbyes, and Steve Martin gets on the train. Yeah, no, it's and not she- a subway. It's, I think it's like the it's, E-L-T?
1: ERT? It's the it's the L train, the elevated train in Chicago, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So they get on that, and he goes away, and this is where the the new ending hits in.
2: Okay, because like I, I'm sure, pretty sure everybody knows what the ending is. Like we find out Steve Martin's thinking, and he's like, "Hey, maybe his wife's dead." <laughs> it's like it's honestly like a Sixth
1: Sense a moment where he like goes back to the film and is putting together all these notes like kaiser soze yeah and he like turns around and is like his wife is dead <laughs> and uh no he doesn't do that he just like goes back yeah and sees him.
2: yeah and then he's like hey come to thanksgiving dinner and it's beautiful because he didn't like this person he was irritated by him but he's sort of come around to this person who is well-meaning and you know good and like we should just accept people as they are Well,
1: and, and it ex- find brotherhood with them. And it explains so much why he was doing everything he was doing. He, just, he was lonely and wanted a friend. Yeah. And, like, if you if – you, that guy already said, like, my customers like me. I have friends back – like, he's already said that sort of stuff. So when you realize he doesn't and that he's so destitute emotionally, you realize why he's been acting the way he's been acting that entire movie. Yeah. And you feel for
2: him. But my question is, where was he going in the first place? Yeah. He doesn't have a home. Why is he traveling?
1: He was going to suck his blood, didn't you? That's why he was... Of course, yeah. of
2: course. Yeah, I would have been like, that guy's been pretending his wife's alive. Fucking glad to be away from him. <laughs> He's psychotic. Oh. He probably doesn't even know that she's dead. He's like made up this vast elaborate fantasy. Yeah, she's right here. Can't you see her?
1: And I think it would have been probably maybe even more effective if she had died recently but it had been eight 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 years years. like oh man you've been lying for eight years get over it
2: not like uh, you know
1: (laughs) you know get over the love of your life dying
2: i mean get over it enough to be able to tell people that she's passed away and that's
1: what i think like i think that if it's been eight years you can probably talk about it by now
2: like it's cool if you're like an old person like you're like 88 and you're like oh i'm married she passed away 18 years ago. Right. And I'm with her every day. But with John yeah. Candy, it's like. And
1: my new girlfriend. What? <laughs> yeah, she's like- Tanya,
2: she's 22.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, men.
2: Twerk for them again, Tanya.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, awful. Yeah, so it's it's kind of sad. And I, I, I understand him. And, but I, I also understand, like, it's a little creepy. Made creepier by the fact that the original ending okay. was Steve Martin. Finding John Candy outside his house. John Candy had followed him home.
2: Wait, like dead? (laughs) No,
1: hanging there, just swaying in the wind. No. So he
2: follows him home and just invites himself to Thanksgiving dinner. He he follows
1: him home, being like, I didn't know where else to go. You were my only friend. And then yeah, and then Steve Martin goes, "Well, you might as well come in." But I think it's it's so much better. Steve Martin goes like realizes, goes back and is like, "Hey," and invites him because yeah. it also speaks to why he didn't tell him his, his wife was dead because he's a proud guy. Yeah. He doesn't want to admit that he's like needs someone. Yeah. But he really does.
2: <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. need to let yourself be vulnerable to have friends. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Wow. I hope that they have like a long and uh, sturdy friendship after this whole Thanksgiving dinner thing. I
1: <laughs> know. No, no, they never see each other again. No. But it's nice to think that they did. No, I'm sure well, like, they talked to like, each the other.
2: Happiness into his life. And, well, the and, last shot is him Steve smiling. Martin says that he's wiser for the experience, and yeah. I feel like he means it.
1: I feel like he's. I mean, if you can make a friend as an older man, uh, you can. You can love anyone. Because <laughs> it's so hard to make friends.
2: As an older man, well, it's just people don't want to make friends with you, Blaine. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, that's no, not true. No, you have that's, so many friends. That could be it. Everyone that could likes be it. You, everyone thinks you're great. You're like a real Del Griffith. <laughs>
1: that's very nice of you, Rob. That's all your cool. customers. <laughs> yeah, really, really nice, dude. That's uh...
2: all the podcast people seem to like you.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're the only podcast person I know.
2: <laughs> I seem to like you. You seem. That's yeah. <laughs>
1: That's accurate. But on the train, the other thing is that Steve Martin was supposed to have like a couple lines on the train. Uh, like apparently Dell was in the next seat and um Steve Martin was talking to him and in between takes they let the camera roll and so all of that stuff where he's realizing what happened with Dell is just in between takes. It's just natural Steve Martin being being hmm. Steve Martin, not he was knowing. Probably thinking was right. about banjo. <laughs> he was like
2: <laughs> smiling and laughing. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: there's that one string that starts halfway down the fretboard. That's funny.
2: Huh. I gotta get a banjo. <laughs> yeah,
1: who doesn't want a banjo? It seems way too difficult to play.
2: Yeah, mm.
1: I don't know. I'm, I'm good with ba- barely playing the guitar.
2: That's right. The music in this movie is bad. <laughs> We've done podcasts
1: in the past, like the Footless podcast, where, like, that music was great. There's good soundtracks out there, and this is not one of them.
2: No, in this, like, there's, like, a weird, like, MIDI version of an old folk song that they keep on using. And it's, like, did somebody think that this was an acceptable score for a movie? (laughs) And then, I don't know if you, like, listen to the credits, but there is...
0: Oh, yeah! there's The remix...
2: because the movie that John Hughes did before this was Ferris Bueller, which, of course, used the chicka-chicka, ooh, yeah. <laughs> the this Kool-Aid This movie Man. has its own chicka-chicka, ooh, yeah, but it's just like chicka-chicka, I don't like traveling with you. And all like these weird like samples of Steve Martin and John Candy yeah. being fed up with each other.
1: Yeah, my wife loves me. Uh, oh, wow. wow, wow. Uh, uh, oh. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's so weird.
2: Who the fuck gave John Hughes a sampler? And <laughs> why did he think that he could make his own music for this?
1: It's literally the Talk Boy from Yeah
2: <laughs> from Home Alone. From Home Alone. He uses that to make his own
1: music for his movies. Oh man, it's the weirdest. It was Way to, to end your movie.
2: It's and, weird that he can get away with it, too. But I guess he just like put out so many movies. And uh, I think... Uh,
1: please, someone on the internet, correct me if I'm wrong. But did he start the whole after credit sequence? Because he has one yes. for Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and he has one for this movie, too.
2: Right, that's Where, right. As the credits roll after the credits, we see back in the boardroom in New York... The boss is there. He's got the turkey dinner on his desk, and he's still looking at those three goddamn pictures. Classic. That boss. He is indecisive.
1: He really can't do it. No. Yeah, that's all right. Whatever. It's not. A, it's not the best end yeah. scene. I. I wanted to see like I want to see Steve Martin waking up next to his wife next to Adele, You yeah. know, with them all
2: in the same bed. One thing that I sort of didn't like about this movie was that, like, none of the characters reoccur. And I guess that's because they're traveling from one place to another. But it's weird because, like, things are sort of introduced or happen and there's no, like, resolution to them. Like, that, like, kid with the long hair breaks into the hotel room and steals all their money. And then that's it. We don't see that guy again. He's just up, like, 900 bucks. (laughs) Hopefully he bought a haircut, hippie. (laughs) I don't know why I said that. It's probably just all this 80s... That we've been yeah, about. I mean, yeah,
1: you're turning into a stern 80s dad.
2: Yeah, it's awful. But also, I mean, John Hughes was a sort of conservative person. And this movie does, I mean, I do feel like it has that same sort of conservative viewpoint that we talked about in Ferris Bueller. And maybe not quite as blatant, but, like, there's just something about, like, if you're looking at Steve Martin as the hero, like he's such an unpleasant guy, and he like yeah. he really you know he hates everybody. He seems like a misanthrope, and he
1: doesn't change that much by the end. He changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, you know, I've gotten wiser. So he kind of tells him, tells us that he's changed, and he invites Dell over. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's tolerated Dell.
2: He has two small moments of humanity, mm-hmm. but the rest of the movie is just like him hating everybody.
1: Oh, he's like the quintessential white dude. He's he's just like I am a middle-aged white man, and I deserve everything. So like, you're gonna give me a fucking car, fucking now. Like, he is the he is the person that is so entitled to to everything.
2: Yeah, and I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, like. Can I get
1: behind that character?
2: I, it's hard to. And the John Candy character Dell is supposed to be such an antidote to that. So like, in a sense, like you know, we sort of wonder whether. John Hughes is saying, like, look at this example of this man. This is the person who lives his life. Yes, some people are irritated by him, but he does the best he can, and some people seem to like him.
1: Well, and the message doesn't seem to be be nice to people or, like, treat people with respect. The lesson seems to be go with the flow. Right, like that's what Dell keeps on saying. Right, you gotta go with the flow, roll with the punches. That's what I do, and I'm very happy. And he's not happy uh, at all either. Yeah, uh, we see. Sure at didn't end. roll
2: with the punch of his wife's death, huh? <laughs> oh, God. Oh my God, I'm a monster. Yeah, yeah, you're a regular. <laughs> I'm Steve Martin. Steve Martin in this movie. <laughs> that's a fine Picasso. <laughs>
1: Uh, like Picasso wrote that musical instrument.
2: No, he's just looking at Picasso while he plays the banjo.
1: Uh-oh. These in, are his interests. In La, In the Lapin Agile. Agile yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like he doesn't really change too much. And also, what's... Like the message kind of gets confused by the end of the movie mm-hmm. as to like, who should you be to get by in life? Because it should be taking a stance. It feels like it needs to be because of these two people coming from opposite directions and who's going to change and who's going to are they going to stay in this but it kind of gets muddied and mm-hmm. and loses me in terms of the theme of this movie
2: yeah and maybe it doesn't need to have like a message message per se i mean but it does seem to just be a little bit muddled about like what sort of philosophy it's uh putting forward or like yeah. the mechanics that the world sort of exists in because like is steve martin being punished because he's an annoying person. Right. Not an annoying person, but, like, so easily irritated.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do like a lot of the subtle things that Steve Martin does. And John Candy, who's, like, a big actor. Like, uh, not... Uh, he's, like, uh, an actor... do you mean, act- Don't... I'm not trying to say that. I'm saying that he's... And I'm not trying to say he's a star either. I'm just trying to say that he usually does a lot of big movements and he's a very arch actor sometimes. But in this, he's so subdued, understandable, and like, like the whole world is on his shoulders kind of, you know, keeping him down. Yeah. But he's still going to be himself. He's not going to let anyone break him. Yeah. And that's so commendable as a, as a character and uh, for him to do that as an actor too and play it really well is great as well. For sure. So did you think this movie was rewatchable?
2: You know, I didn't have as much fun with this as I thought I would. I like Steve Martin. I like John Candy. I like comedy. But I just found, like, there was just so many, like, this happens, and, you know, they have the same right. argument, then something else happens, and then they get in a train,
1: mm-hmm. and they have the
2: same argument, then they get in a, an automobile. Right. And so, it, for me, like, the steps didn't really add up to anything. Like, And also the fact that, like... The whole purpose, you know, let's get him back for Thanksgiving dinner doesn't seem like that important or vital. I mean, if he misses Thanksgiving dinner, if one man misses Thanksgiving dinner, it's not going to be the end of the world. I understand it's important in the context of, you know, sure. Well, also, it doesn't seem like he
1: even wants to get back for his daughter's recital, it's just that he doesn't want to be inconvenienced by traffic. Yeah. Like I feel like he, his character and the way Steve Martin portrayed him, because I think it is the character. I think he played it well. It he's not a nice character. We don't feel for him. I didn't when he missed his daughter's recital, and John Candy was like, "Oh, those are the things you can never get back." <laughs> so that's funny to say, but I don't feel bad for Steve yeah, Martin. he doesn't care. No, nah, fuck you know. him.
2: Yeah and he his family seems to be like a trophy to him like it's just like a thing that is part of his like life you know he doesn't yeah. he doesn't like share anything like special about his relationship with his wife or his kids or like he's not like
1: You know, yeah, and she already has people over for dinner, so it's like she's she already has guests, so it's fine. Yeah, he doesn't really need to be there, and her boyfriend's there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The kids' other father is there. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there is a lot of funny things in it. I just think I'm really jaded about the direction of John Hughes. Yeah, it's hard because I just feel like now we live in a world where there are so many terrible things, and like in the 80s, maybe they just weren't so apparent, and you could have a little bit more like. Anarchic fun with everything. But I always sort of think that he's like, you know, holding up some sort of like anger or something ab- against everybody else, you know? Like he yeah. doesn't really care about anybody. He doesn't really care about people's, anybody else's well being. It's just about the protagonist who is really. Him at some stage of his life
1: well i 'd argue that this movie kind of goes against that a little bit because yeah. of Dell because at the end he does care for Dell yeah. and he and he wants Dell to not be alone on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and that Dell is the insufferable other that John Hughes thinks everyone else is right as a myth as a myth misanthrope himself oh my god i couldn 't say it anyway, so I think i 'd argue that this movie might be the least John Hughesy in in terms of hating everyone yeah. movie because the main character is so much like that, and he changes a little bit. I also think it's very rewatchable. I think it's incredibly rewatchable. I think it's the best John Hughes movie. Wow. Yeah. I didn't think that before. I thought it was middling. I thought Breakfast Club was the best. But maybe we should do Breakfast Club someday. Yeah. I think this movie is so funny. It made me laugh out loud so many times. There, it is a product of its age. Certainly, it's a product of John Hughes being mad at the world. But I think that these two actors do such a great job. And I don't laugh out loud that many times rewatching a movie. I laughed out loud many, many times Aww, in this movie. Well, that's good. Yeah. So... It touched your soul. I, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was a pleasure to, to rewatch. So, so thank you to the people who made this movie for making it.
2: It's just John Hughes. I, yeah, <laughs> he did everything. I guess, yeah.
1: He even made the music at the end. Pretty much.
2: <laughs> anyway, so thank, you, so thank
1: you so much for joining us this week on Rewatchability. Yeah. You can check us out on Facebook, Twitter. We have a website. You can go there. There's some past episodes. All our past catalog is, is up there. Uh, every single episode. So you can uh, go to watch, Weir- you can listen to Weird Science if you want.
2: That's a great one to start it with. <laughs> yeah. We've done lots of John Hughes movies. Christmas mm-hmm. Vacation. Oh, yeah. Ferris Bueller. Home Alone. You can check Home out all those. Two.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're just reading down the list of everything we've done. Awesome. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. That was the worst ending.
2: Can I get a ride with you?